0: Today's reading is from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil.
1: I hope you were excited about seeing those baptisms on the screen. Um, as, as was mentioned by Maddie, we had a bit of a storm at about half past 12, one o'clock, and uh, the baptisms were at half past two, and the sun came out, and uh, we had them having to go a fair way out into the water, uh, as you could tell. Fortunately, Peter Mashman was prepared to come out and do the close camera work. <laughs> so, well played there. Um, but I would certainly, there's something special about baptism. It's great to witness it, but let me tell you, folks, it's even better to be baptised. It's even better to be baptised. And so um, I would really endorse the comments that Maddie made about if, if something has been sparked in your heart and you haven't been baptised, then I would love to have a chat because we're going to have more baptisms this year. Amen? And we are going to have more. And um, whether it be in the sea or whether it be in our excellent inflatable spa. Once we get the heater to work properly, um, they're on. So, so, uh, and the other thing that I'm excited about, I get excited about quite a few things, but the other thing I'm a bit excited about is that, um, as was mentioned last week, we're going to continue to have Alpha, and if you get our newsletter, by the way, in our newsletter from last week, there's a link to all the photographs, and I know a number of people clicked on it, but there's a link to all the photographs of the baptism, so... You could see more detail there. But in our newsletter, we talked about the fact that we're going to run Alpha 3 and we're going to have a focus on young adults. When we say young adults, it's approximately under the age of 30, just give or take. And um, we've got this vision for at least 30 people under the age of 30 to do Alpha this year. So I'd really encourage you to pray into that. If you're in that category, pray about who you might want to invite. If you're not in that category, but you want to be, support him in prayer, pray for the whole event of Alpha, because it really will be, I think, a significant time. I'm excited about it. Um, but let's, uh, let's move into um, this series again on Psalms. Last week I preached on Psalm 2, and uh, today we're going into the, probably the most well-known psalm, I think, in, in the, uh, of the book of, of Psalms, um, Psalm 23. So let's have a word of prayer now. Heavenly Father, I ask now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts will be acceptable to you, that your Holy Spirit will continue to speak to us and lead us into truth and understanding. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So <clears throat> for some people, they would have heard the psalm many times. Sometimes you hear it um, at a funeral. Um, there's various songs that have been made around this psalm. But I just want to spend, it's, it's not very long, so we're just going to work our way through the summer day because I believe that the Lord has got some things for us in this psalm. And I love it when it begins
0: The Lord is my shepherd,
1: I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And he leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul and guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Now, this is a great image of the Lord being the shepherd. And last week, when we talked about Psalm 2, there was a strong focus on the Lord being our king. In this psalm, the focus is on the Lord being a shepherd. Elsewhere in the Bible, you know, the Bible talks about God being our rock, God being our deliverer, but here we have this pretty intimate metaphor of God being the shepherd. Because the shepherd in those days, and I have a bit of an affinity with shepherds, because um, for those who went to our carols, Sam the shepherd made an appearance. Um. No, that's okay, you can laugh about that, Jody, because, um, you know, it was, um, yeah, permission to laugh. Um, <laughs> the, we, just for those who are visitors, we, each Christmas at Aberfall, our church at Aberfall, we have a road to Christmas, and the shepherds tell the story, tell the Christmas story, and people dress up, and uh, I was one of the storytellers this year, and I, I used the same costume and for our carols, and Sam... The shepherd's name is Sam, just in case you don't know that. Um, and, and Sam made an appearance. But the shepherd, and that's not really particularly relevant really, other than I like shepherds. But, um, but the shepherd role in those days, they actually lived with the flock. They protected the flock. They looked after the sheep. And here we have this lovely image where the Lord is my shepherd I won't lack anything but then it goes on to say, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters and clearly this is a shepherd that's doing the right thing because a sheep is looking for food and for, and for water and, and here we have not just pastures but green pastures, I mean that's what a sheep's looking for is, is green pastures and and, and uh, The expression quiet waters is like still waters, peaceful waters. And so this particular shepherd is doing a good job. They're looking after the sheep and they're finding special pasture and water for the sheep. And it reminds us that Jesus referred to himself in a special way in this sense. Come with me to the book of John chapter 10. And in in John's gospel... There are seven descriptions that Jesus gives for himself, what we call I am statements. And some of you would be familiar with some of those things. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the true vine. There's various expressions that Jesus gives. But in John chapter 10 verse 11, there's another I am statement here. And Jesus says, I am not just the shepherd, but I am the good shepherd. And so he's tapping in to this incredible revelation that's in the Old Testament about God being the shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. But then he goes on to say something pretty outrageous because he says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, can I say, most shepherds, were expected to return safely after a day or night's work. And, and that's, even though you know, they didn't have industrial relations in those days, even though they didn't have oh systems, it was generally expected that a shepherd would not give up their life to look after the sheep. I mean, you know, that, that was pretty outrageous. I mean, certainly they were required to protect the sheep and look after the sheep, but to actually lay down your life for the sheep, I mean, you know, that's really going a bit too far. I mean, our senior pastor, Jonathan Davies, if I can just use him as a random example he's he's got into um, he's become a bit of a farmer in his spare time and uh, he uh, is looking after sheep you know and uh, he's got a little dog that helps him and he's building fences and gets a little bit excited about his, his sheep he's always building sheds and buying tractors and becoming a farmer but I've got to say There's no way that Jonathan Davies would give up his life for the sheep. I mean, look, he does a good job. I I think, you know, you don't need to call the RSPCA because he's looking after the sheep. You don't have to report him. But but he's not going to lay down his life for the sheep. And that's outrageous when you think about it. But Jesus is the good shepherd. Not just your everyday, diligent, hard-working shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. So much so that he actually lays down his life for the sheep. He lays down his life for you and I. That's the gospel, folks. That God loves us so much that he gave his only son, that the shepherd would actually lay down his life for his sheep. Not just protect us, but lay his life down for us. The good shepherd. I love that. And there's another expression in the book of Isaiah talking about this. And this is a really intimate expression. Of, uh, of the nature of God. He tends his flock like a shepherd. This is talking about God. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. What a beautiful picture that is, folks. Can you see that? That God is our heavenly Father and he wants to gather us up and he wants to carry us close to his heart. Can you just put yourself in this picture for a moment? That's the nature of God who's our shepherd. And he gently leads those that have young. That does something to us, I reckon. When you see the nature of God, the good shepherd, he gently leads those that have lung. He gathers his lambs up into his heart. What a beautiful picture that is. And God wants to gather you up today. He wants to envelop you with his love. He is the good shepherd who goes after the... um, He leaves the 99 and goes after a stray... Once again, that's outrageous. Why would you leave 99 sheep to look after an errant one? But that's the nature of God. He leaves the 99 and goes after the stray sheep. He is the good shepherd. And the promise in Psalm 23 is... In verse 3, not only is he a good shepherd who leads us into green pastures, who who, um, puts us beside still waters, the Bible says in Psalm 23, he refreshes our soul. He refreshes our soul. He revives our soul. He restores our soul. Now maybe your soul needs a bit of refreshment today, folks. Maybe you're feeling a little bit stale. Maybe this year of 2024 is sort of, well, you're not so keen on it. It's sort of, it's here, but am I ready for it? There are challenges ahead. There are new things to encounter. Maybe your soul is feeling a little bit in need of refreshment. Well, the good shepherd wants to refresh our souls. He wants to refresh us by pouring his love into our hearts, restoring us, reviving us filling us afresh with his Holy Spirit. He refreshes our soul. He guides us along the right paths for his name's sake. That's the nature of the shepherd that we're talking about today. That's this beautiful revelation of the nature of the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. But interestingly enough, in the psalm, it suddenly takes a bit of a turn. So we have this picture of green pastures, Still waters, soul being refreshed. But then the psalmist says this in verse 4.
0: Even though I walk through the darkest
1: valley, I will fear no evil. And other versions say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And folks, I know you've heard it before, but I just want to say to you that as a follower of Jesus, it doesn't mean we're immune from dark and difficult times. And the psalmist had that expression. He went through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, someone has said that there's a lot of skid marks at the top of the valley of the shadow of death. People aren't that keen and no one is that keen to go through difficult times and dark times. But the Bible says we're not immune from those things. But the great promise is even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the incredible promise is that God says that he'll be with us because it says, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. And that's the great thing about Emmanuel, God being with us, that even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even when we go through hard times and difficult times, God does not abandon us. In fact, he's, other than, in this particular expression, rather than leading us, it actually says he is with us. He's alongside us. He's comforting us. The Bible says his rod and his staff, they comfort us. Now, I love that. See, Based upon that psalm, that the shepherd had two key instruments. He had a rod, which was like a um, a, a cudgel or a you know I think about this long, a big stick, um, which he used to fight off um, the predators and the attackers. And when I was doing the story up at Aberfoyle, um, telling the story, people sometimes said to me, Mark, I think you might be embellishing it a bit because it talks about." You're fighting off um, lions and wolves and wild dogs. I even mentioned bears. Well, I discovered that King David he fought off lions and bears. It's in the Bible, so it must be right. So you know, I'm very pleased now that Sam the shepherd was on the right track. I've, I've had it confirmed. This is good. But he, but there was this rod. So the rod was for protection. But then there was the staff, which was a longer device, and the staff was more for guidance and encouragement and making sure the sheep were heading in the right direction. And so we can fear no evil because God's rod and staff are with us. In other words, he protects us and he guides us. So there's two takeaways here about God being the good shepherd. That even, So if you're going through tough times, folks, if you feel as if you're in the valley of the shadow of death, well, God's protection is there. And God's guidance is there. He never abandons us. He is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. And so we can know the comfort from the good shepherd because of his rod and his staff. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, picked us up a bit, talking about the nature of of the love of God for us. And I want to just flip into the New Testament for a moment. And Romans 8, I want to pick it up in verse 38. Because the Apostle Paul knew tough times, knew difficult times, knew hardship, knew troubles. He knew what it was like to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And this is what Paul says, writing this letter um, in Romans chapter 8. And I love this. And this is written from a man who knew hardship, he knew persecution. For I am convinced, says Paul, that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's just leave that up for a sec, Steve. I love this. Nothing will separate us from the love of God that's found in Jesus because Jesus is the good shepherd and he looks after his sheep. Amen? So we can be going through tough times and you may be going through them right now. But God... Love will, will you'll never be separated from God's love because it's found in Jesus who laid down his life for the sheep, who is the good shepherd, whose rod and staff they comfort us in Christ. We are never separated from the love of God. The shepherd holds on to the sheep, the shepherd holds the lambs close to his heart. How good's that? How good's that? And then after this expression of walking through the valley of the shadow of death, the psalmist says this,
0: verse 5 and 6. You prepare a
1: table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now here, in some ways, the metaphor changes because here God is preparing a table before us. And so this is not so much here God being the shepherd, but this is really God being our friend. Because he, he invites us in to the meal. He prepares a table for us. A table. A table of invitation. A table to have fellowship together. A table in, even in the presence of our enemies. God prepares a table for us. He invites us in as this wonderful host, if you like. And, and, and he, it's a full-blown thing because it says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And In ancient times the idea of the oil was was for a special honoured guest you would pour oil on the person's head. I'm glad we haven't had that sort of ceremony so much now. I mean imagine going to someone's house, sit down, before we go any further Mark let me pour some oil on your head. I mean I don't know if I'd be that keen but that was a custom in those days. And and a cup of wine which was not just half full, overflowing. So God here is inviting us into an incredible relationship with him where he prepares a table for us and, it, and it's a full-blown thing, the oil and the cup. And God is inviting us into a relationship with him where we can be his friend. So not only is he the king from Psalm 2 and he's a good shepherd, he's also our friend who invites us in. And it's just on a one off invitation. It's not just, oh, look, you know, in a couple of weeks' time you can come and spend some time with me, but, you know, that's what it is. Put it in your diary. No. He invites us into a full blown eternal relationship with Him. Forever. How good's that? He never lets us go. He holds us in His arms, but he, He's our friend. He invites us into this table, this time of fellowship, to be with Him. And then it says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, all the days of my life. God's goodness and love will never leave us. He promises to follow us, to be with us, to look after us. His goodness and love will stay with us. That's the image of the Psalm 23, the good shepherd who looks after the sheep. but but also who invites us in to a meal, sets a table for us. And so I've got a couple of questions. And I want to go back, and this is not on the scripture on the screen, but I want to go back to John 10, because in that image of, um, of Jesus being the good shepherd, in verse
0: 14, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. I'm the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and
1: my sheep know me. Now, I was, um, some years ago, we were living in a country town, and I listened to a preacher one day who had recently been to, um, to the Middle East, and uh, he was observing some shepherds looking after sheep. And he said, he saw the situation where there were two flocks of sheep and they sort of crossed over each other. Now, you can just imagine the mayhem that may occur. I mean, it's pretty hard to look after a flock of sheep at the best of times. But for two flocks of sheep to sort of encounter each other and somehow or other, you know, remain intact and keep on going is, is no mean feat. But this chap was telling me that the shepherd was calling out to the sheep. I mean, in Australia we use dogs yapping away and trying to get the sheep to do the right thing. But in this situation that this bloke told me about, he observed the shepherd calling out to the sheep and the sheep heard the shepherd's voice and they followed that particular shepherd. And so the two flocks actually managed to pass by. My question is, do you know the good shepherd? Not just know about the good shepherd, because we can know facts about Christianity. We can read Psalm 23, and that's nice. But folks, do we know the Good Shepherd? And when I say that, I mean, do we have a relationship with the Good Shepherd? Because he is reaching out to us. And he wants to have an eternal relationship with us. But do we know him? Because the Bible says, I'm the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Now, if you're not sure that you know the shepherd, then you can get to know him because he's, he's got his arms outstretched waiting for you to come to him. He wants to have a relationship with you. Do we know the good shepherd? That's my first question. The second one is,
0: today, do you need to have your soul refreshed?
1: When we were singing that song that Emily led us in about the altar and uh, Come to the altar. God wants us to come to him and he wants to refresh us. Lead us beside green pastures. Take us to green pastures and beside still waters. God wants to revive us. He wants to refresh us. He wants to pour out his Holy Spirit again into our lives. Do you need to have your soul refreshed? And my third one is, if you sense you're in the darkest valley, then the great encouragement is that God is with us. His rod and staff protect us and
0: guide us and comfort us. So we have this wonderful picture today of Psalm 23, the good shepherd.